Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. We'll pray and get into the word today. Father, we thank you so much for your holy word. We're so grateful, Lord, for your word. And as we look into it today, Father, we thank you that you unwrap it, unveil it, that it would be revelation, Father God, that it will be something that changes and transforms us more into your image. And we thank you for that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. This, this uh, scripture, let's look at this scripture and then I'll tell you what's, uh, what we're going to talk about today. It says, therefore, I love your commandments more than gold, yes, than fine gold. And so it's just been on my heart about the word of God and how precious it is. And the psalmist is saying, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, then fine gold. And I think, you know, we can read any scripture and just kind of read over it real quickly. And sometimes we don't let it really sink in or even think about it. But, you know, think about gold and fine silver. <laughs> you know, uh, and I think that any of us here would be blessed to have somebody dump some gold and fine silver in our yards. <laughs> But he's saying that I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, and fine gold. And then look at this scripture. It says, the law from your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. The law of your mouth is better, better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. So, Put yourself in this place. What, how would you act if you won like a million dollars? And so I'm glad you asked that question. So let's take a look at this and see how somebody acts when they win a million dollars. So that's a long time ago. That was the first, I believe, million-dollar winners on, uh, was that Jeopardy or whatever that was? So there it was. They finally made it up to the million-dollar mark, and that's the way that they acted when they got a million dollars. So today we want to just talk about God's Word, precious and profitable. So here, look at the, here's another scripture, Psalm 119 and verse 14. It says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, as much as in all riches. And then look at this scripture, Psalm 119 and verse 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. We can take things for granted so much in wonderful countries like this that we live in, 
but I want you to look at this, and this happened in China with a group of people that received their Bibles for the first time. And of course, it's not the paper, it's not the leather cover, it's the words. And even in China, you know, that because they haven't had the internet and uh, they haven't had what we've had, and so to have that book in their hands and how they cried and kissed it and said, this is what we needed the most, they longed and they cried uh, you know, for something that sometimes we can take for granted. So Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flowers fades, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. The word of our God will stand forever. So uh, if you think about the earth, and I don't, have you ever looked and researched on what is maybe the oldest thing? like the oldest structure on the earth. Uh, because when you look at the earth, like what God is saying, the word of God will stand forever. But what is like one of the oldest structures on the earth? Well, here's like one of the oldest structures. It happens to be in Malta. And look at this. This goes back to 3,500 to 2,500. And it's called the me megalithic temples in Malta. So... As far as a structure on the earth, we know that there's no person that's lived that long, but there's a structure that's been around 3,500 years to, you know, somewhere in that category, and that's what it looks like right now. And so God is saying, like, the word is going to be around forever. So think about this, that every structure will fall apart, okay? Every nation will end so nations have come and gone great leaders have come and gone great christian leaders have come and gone corporations have come and gone a lot of things have come and gone but god says the word will be here forever his word and so we want to look in and talk about god's word this morning that's that's what we want to talk about and uh, here's a few things as we get into this, uh, like God's word, it's important. And, and if you're young today, if you're young and with us this morning, it's important for you to know these things about God's word because, you know, someone will try to convince you differently, but God's word doesn't grow old. You know, just put it up here so you can, the word of God never grows old, okay? 
the Word of God doesn't become irrelevant. The Word of God doesn't go out of date. The Word of God doesn't become old-fashioned. The Word of God doesn't become obsolete. And the Word of God doesn't become unnecessary. And we could go on and on. These are the things that just came to me quickly as I was putting this together. And so people will try to say, I remember when uh, there was uh, the presidency thing going on a couple years ago in the States, and one of the politicians start talking about um, like a, a certain denomination, and that church needed a refreshing because the values of that Christian church didn't match what they thought, and, so, and they needed to have a refreshing, like as if the Bible needs to be refreshed. And they were trying to make that point. Of course, that politician didn't win because they found out that maybe there's more Christians or more people that believe what the Bible says than what they think. And so the Bible doesn't need refreshing. If it says something, it means that forever, and it doesn't need updated. So the Bible doesn't need updated. So this is what Jesus said when he walked on the earth. He said this, and I, I wanted you to see it. Three, you know, when, when it's in three different Gospels, it's really important. So he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Three times, in three Gospels, they, they, three different ones recorded it. My words shall not pass away. Okay, so let's look into this, and let's see some things that Jesus said uh, today as we get into it. So let's go over to Luke chapter 6. That was just an introduction into some things we want to say today. Luke chapter 6 and verse 47 it says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Verse 48, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently. Uh, I'm sorry, I, that word doesn't come out right. The, thank you, guys against the house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat again and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great so let's just uh, oh, you know, let, let, let's look into this portion of Scripture and break it down a little bit. So here's the first thing that Jesus says. He said, whoever comes to me. So, you know, you think, well, that's really like, what's, what can you pull out of that? Here's what I want to pull out of that. Whoever means anybody. So it doesn't mean if a pastor goes to him. It doesn't mean if an apostle goes to him. It doesn't mean if a prophet goes to him. It means that whoever goes to him. And so he says, whoever comes to me. So every one of us, we qualify, we can all go to him. Okay? The next thing that we notice in this portion that we read is our lives on earth are likened to building a house. That's what our lives are. are he, he, he's saying, your life, everyone sitting in here, our life, He's saying it's like building a house. Now, you really don't think about that. My father uh, built a house almost all by himself. I was just too little to do anything about it and help him. I was only about that tall back then, but he was working a job. He didn't make a lot of money, so what he did is he bought a piece of land, and he 
work, he went to work, but after he got off work, he went over to the house and he did it. He had to have a, a piece of machinery come in and dig, a, dig a, you know, the basement out. They have basements where I grew up, but then he laid every block. He, then he had a concrete truck come in and pour the concrete, but then he put every piece of wood together. He just built the whole house. It took him five years to build the house. You know, uh, and so, uh, you know, I kind of grew up with a father that likes building. And so what the Lord is saying is like building our life is compared or likened on the earth to building a house. That's what Jesus is saying. And then here's a thought, like everybody on the earth is building. Everybody on the earth is building. That's the way that God sees it. Everyone is building on the earth, okay? Then um, the next thing we see is this, that Jesus, he gave two, he gave like a list. He lists, there's only two kinds of, of foundations. Just two kinds of foundations. Isn't that simple? It's not like, you know, all these different, you know, like we, we, we're in a house right now that has a suspended foundation, you know, because it, it's on a hill. And so there's, you know, if you're a builder, you understand that like different kinds of foundation, you know, build on concrete, suspended, various things. Well, Jesus is saying there's like two foundations that you can build on. He made it really simple. So here's what he says now. One foundation, he says, is built on earth, which is like dirt, and one foundation is built on rock. So we can think about, you know, when, when we were created, God made us out of dirt, you know, and that's, but then he breathed into us. But our flesh was likened to dirt. So when he says, you know, you can build on dirt, you know, like on earth, it's like we have a choice. We're all, everyone on the earth is building and we can build on spiritual or we can build on flesh. That's another way to look at it. But the earth versus the rock. And the rock is, of course, the spiritual thing. Then uh, we see this. The earthy foundation, and this is the important part here, it was a result of hearing and doing nothing. So this, we're, we're understanding these two kinds of foundation now, if you're going to build on the dirt, if you're going to build on the earth, what would you do to build on dirt? Well, it's like hearing and not doing. So we saw the two, you know, we saw when somebody won a million dollars and how they acted. And then we saw the Chinese when they received their first Bible and how they acted. Now, could you imagine when, when you know, the churches around the world when they say, we're going to get into God's word today, and everyone acted like they did when they won a million dollars. But really, that's how precious it is and profitable, God's word. And really, you know, we, we get excited about various things. I, I know I've told this story before, but not everyone was here when I told it, but my niece, my oldest brother's daughter, remember this One Direction group? I don't know if they're quite as popular now. But remember when One Direction first came out, and I was back in my hometown in Ohio, and my she's married now, and she's she's really turned out good, my my niece, she really has. But she went to a One Direction concert, and then she told me that was the greatest thing that ever happened in my life, and I said, what? I said, I mean, you got you have Jesus, and you're saying One Direction is the greatest thing, and you know like. And the Beatles were better than them anyway. Okay, that, sorry about that. Uh, 
<laughs> but, but so, you know, I kind of got into her, and she got apologetic, and she says, well, you know what I mean, after Jesus. <laughs> but she's, she's really, she's over one direction now. She's married, and everything's good. <laughs> you know, but, but you know, can, can, can you imagine that we understand God's word to be so profitable and to rejoice about his word like somebody receiving a million dollars. And so hearing, and, and why am I saying? Because when we hear the word, and we're going to look into this here as we go, like how we hear is so important, and we'll get into that. But let's talk about the next thing, the rock foundation. What was that? Well, that was a result of hearing and doing. Really simple. You hear and you do. And anybody that hears and does, that's like building on a rock, all right? The next thing that we noticed when we read that is uh, when we hear and do, it's like digging deep also. He says, and building on a rock. So the, the, the depth, just simply hearing and doing is like going deeper and having a foundation that can't be shaken. Let's look at the next one. Hearing and doing God's word is more than a casual relationship with the Lord and his word. And so people that choose to take God's word seriously when they hear it, that's not casual. It's not casual. Uh, it, it's like honoring the word. So we were in Italy and in this particular church, uh, there was some Middle Easterners that got saved, and they were Muslims previously. And this pastor, he liked to demonstrate how to, he, he would say, standing on the word. And he would put his Bible down, and he would st step on it and stand on it. And he would talk about standing on the word. And so there's these two baby Christians that were mus Muslims, and they came up to him and said, you know, you disrespected the book, the Bible, and we're leaving because you stood on your Bible. Now, it's, it's really a leather cover with paper, and it's the words that are important. But I, I'm just saying that to say that there's other cultures, even people that really aren't in, in a born-again relationship with Jesus, but they respect the book so much. They honor the book so much. So, it's not casual, but it's like the way the Chinese received it, and they, they kissed it. They put it up against their face. They cherished it, God's word. Now here's, uh, going back to these scriptures, the same flood and stream rose up against both houses. And this is what we noticed. We're just tearing this down apart here. The same flood. So what, what, here's what we can learn from that. We all face times when f the floods and streams beat on us. So we, we all have the same thing. I, I think sometimes people think, well, if I'm a Christian, that means nothing will happen. And that's not true. Like for people that aren't Christians, that don't know the Lord, and people that are Christians, we can all have something beating on us and, and challenging us. And so what we see here, when something is built on a rock, it won't fall down. Another thought, standing or falling 
is up to us. Okay, standing or falling is up to us. So, you know, um, we sometimes think, well, God is behind everything. But no, you read this, and there's so many scriptures in the Bible that shows us that, that God is not behind everything going on. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And so Jesus and God are not out to kill, steal, and destroy off of anyone. That's what the devil does. And so everything going on is not orchestrated by God. The devil is orchestrating things, and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, okay? And so standing or falling is really up to us. It's up to whether what, what are we going to build on. Are we going to build on, and what's building is just hearing and doing, okay? So with that said, I want to look at four simple things today, and this is so we can build, and we can build good as, a, as individuals. So here's the first thing. Receive the word. If we're going to do what Jesus said, here's the first thing. Receive the word. So James chapter 1 and verse 21 says, Ridding yourselves, therefore, of all that is vile and of the evil influences which prevail around you, welcome in a humble spirit the message implanted within you which is able to save your soul. And so the first thing in order to hear and do the first thing that we have to do is actually humble ourselves to the message. I like the way that it says it. Humble ourselves to the message. This starts with salvation, and it continues on the entire time of our Christian walk. And so for myself, even when it came to salvation, I had to humble myself to the message. I grew up in a denominational church, I was on the front row every Sunday with my six brothers. My parents were there. You've heard the story. They made us pay attention, and we weren't allowed to goof around or talk. And we actually, my father actually took his belt off in church. My mother took his shoe off in church, did that kind of stuff. We got hit by belts and shoes during church on the front row. I'm sure uh, the, the minister noticed all that stuff and was very entertained. They considered us the premier family of the church, by the way. We were the premier family, seven boys on the front row that listened and behaved. And guess what? I was not a born-again Christian, and I had no relationship with God on the front row. You know, we were born into that church. You know, our, actually that church was pretty big. Notice this, I'm doing this on purpose with the Italians, you know. It was really a big thing that with Italians. So, you know, Italians, you know, don't get out of line and don't question it. You just, you're born and you're there. <laughs> so you're there. And we had to behave. And we had to listen. But we weren't listening to the right thing. There wasn't anything being said that we could get saved. So my younger brother, he got saved. He's four years younger than me because he went against the grain and he pulled out of where the Italians should be and went somewhere else. I said, 
I'm going to go rescue him. I'm going to get him out of this cult. And I went. And I heard something I never heard before. When I first heard it, and you've heard my story, they read a script, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. They made me read that scripture at this Bible study. And when I read it, I got mad. And I pointed my finger at my younger brother, and I said, are you trying to tell me that I, that all, you know, I, I, and I, I don't really, really want to say the name of my denomination. Are you trying to tell me that all, you know, whatever we were, are not saved? Are you trying to, he says, well, only the ones that do this are saved. You must be born again. And I was mad. And so, you know, what we're reading there, it says, uh, welcome in a humble spirit the message. And I know this is talking to Christians, but it starts with salvation. So you may have grown up somewhere and you might think, well, you know, be, you know I grew up and, I'm, and because I grew up and this is what my mother and father were, and so this is what I am, and I'm automatically a Christian, and I'm automatically going to heaven. It wasn't the case for me. And so I remembered when I humbled myself, and I had to accept the fact that what I did for 23 years did not save me, and humble myself to the message that ye must be born again, and the way that you're born again is you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And, and see, we, we had a great confession in our church. I believe in God, the Father, Mother, Creator of the earth. I believe in his only begotten Son. You know, I could say it real fast. You know, we did, we said it, we said all that stuff as fast as we can to get it out of the way so we could go get out of there and have some fun. I could say all that stuff. And here's the thing the, my heart was never engaged. It was like you're born into it. And it's like a habit. It's like habitual. You just do it, but you don't get your heart engaged. And so there we are. None of us are born again. But then the day came when I actually said a lot fewer words, only a few sentences, but they were from the heart. You can say a lot of stuff out of here, but it's when you get your heart engaged. And I confess Jesus as my Lord. I made it personal. And I declared in my heart and with my mouth that God raised him from the dead. And I welcomed it into my heart. I humbled myself. And that's when I got saved. And so the first thing is, as we're looking at this, is to receive the word. Okay? The second thing that we want to do is we want to honor the word. Now, Luke chapter 8 and verse 18, it says, Therefore, Take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even that which he seems to have, will be taken away from him. Now, Jesus said some interesting things. And this is very interesting, even when you think about how uh, he's, you know, and, and, you know, and I heard somebody say once, well, that, that's not, that whole view thing is like, aren't you supposed to, give to people and jesus is saying if you don't do something you're going to lose it that do, you know and, and so sometimes people think well wow that's pretty strong but what, what is he saying here he says whoever does not have even that which he seems to have will be taken from him 
Well, he's talking about a person that honors the word and hears and humbles himself to the word because that person will actually do the word. And when, and when that person does the word, they receive. And he's comparing it to somebody that doesn't honor the word. And because they don't honor the word, even that which they think they have, which they probably never do have, that'll be taken from them. So he's, what he's talking about is, he says, watch how you hear. Because the attitude in which we hear is really a big thing. And so sometimes, you know, just real practically speaking, and knowing that sometimes a certain personality can rub somebody, so that personality might be giving out the word, and somebody might say, well, I, you know, I don't like that person, because they don't like the person they have a tendency sometimes to not honor the word. Now, I remember the first time that I heard the message uh, of abundance. You know, I, I grew up in a family, as you heard, seven boys. And uh, so this family that I grew up in, my father sometimes worked two jobs. Sometimes he'd go to work early in the morning and work till 11 at night. He went from one job to the other just to put food on the table. And so, you know, we didn't really grow up. And he ended up well in the end. But, you know, in, in the beginning, I remember when I was small, I didn't see my father a lot because he worked two jobs. But we never really were ever centered around money. We had a great family, and we, all, we got along so well together, none of us really had a lot of friends because we were all friends, the brothers. So we were kind of all self-contained. We didn't even all the time uh, have to go out. We just enjoyed each other at home on a Friday night and a Saturday night. We were a self-contained family, and uh, it, we, we weren't... We had, a, we had wealthy relatives, and we thought good for them, but we never, we never coveted their wealth, and we never built uh, any, our lives around things or money. We, we, we had an important thing, and that's family. And so the first person that I heard teach from God's Word about abundance, his personality rubbed me the wrong way. I really didn't like the way that he presented that message. And so even in his presentation, he had this thing about him. He was from, you know, a certain state in America, and they talked with a different accent. But he liked to say the word dummy. And he would say, dummies, dummies. And with my rough background, he would say, you dummies. And I'd sit there thinking, who are you calling dummy? And I won't sell you the other thing I thought. <laughs> but because of him and the way he presented it, at first, I didn't believe in the message, I, I love divine healing. I heard Kenneth Hagin first teach on divine healing, and he's like this grandfather that was real tender the way he presented it. And my heart just went, it was so happy about healing and divine healing. But then the guy that I heard talk about abundance, he was not the same. And so I rejected the message, and I didn't honor the word. So it took a couple years be before I heard the message from somebody else that wasn't calling me a dummy every couple sentences, but they also presented it in a way that I thought, I see that. I see that God wants to prosper us. I see that he wants to meet all of our needs. And so what am I talking about? Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Because the attitude in which we hear does make a difference. So we want to, first of all, uh, the first thing we talked about we want to uh, receive the word. We want to honor the word. Look at this then. If you're doing those two things, then you're left with something. It becomes easy, and that's believe the word. 
So look at look what it says here in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. It says, and for this further reason, we render unceasing thanks to God that when you received God's message from our lips, it was as no mere message. I like that. When the honor that right there for God's message from our lips, it was as no mere message from men that you embraced it. If we can even sometimes not look at the, the message as being from men, it even helps us to honor it and to receive it and to humble ourselves. So he said, it, as no mere message from men that you embraced it, but as what it really is, God's message, which also does its work in the hearts of you that believe. Okay, so receive the word, honor the word, and believe the word. But note, notice this here uh, when it talks about how the word works in our hearts that believe it. Okay, so, uh, so we, think, we think about um, we have a choice what to believe. So like in a practical way, uh, and we thank God um, for the fact that this country especially is so wonderful when it comes to the medical care that you receive. And so thank God for the medical profession in this country. I thank God. Let's just do that. Let's thank God for even right now. Father, we thank you. Let's just lift up our doctors and our nurses and every person that works in the med medical field in Australia, Father, we've seen it with our own eyes. They're faithful people that care for other people. Father, we thank you for the medical profession in Jesus' name. Father, strengthen them. Bless them. Speak to them. Father, let them know that you're alive. Father, we thank you that you bring in medical people into the kingdom in Jesus' name. And so, uh, so when we think about the doctors and they give a report, at that time, you know, and, and it's really good if the doctor says this and they say, we can help you this way, but what sometimes they can't help enough and we need supernatural intervention. And so when we talk about this, like believing, we all have a choice on what we can believe. And so there's like a report. The report could be you have cancer and the cancer will kill you. That, that people have received that report. We have people sitting here that received that report that are not dead because they chose to believe another report and because they chose to believe another report, they're alive today and they're here with us. And so when it says believing the word, so the word works in the hearts of those who believe. And so we, what, what do we do? We receive the word. We honor the word. We believe the word. And then lastly today, simply we do the word. And this is what James says, James 1 and verse 25. And you know, the word's a lot easier to do if you receive it and humble yourself and you honor it and believe it. It's a lot easier to do it. It makes it easy. James 1, 25 says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And so notice how that's worded there. But when you hear, the way that you don't forget is you are a doer. And we know that the other verses here in verse 23 and 24, it says, anyone that hears the word and doesn't do it, it's like a man who looks in the mirror 
in his natural face, and then he goes away and he forgets what he looks like. You know, do you ever forget what you look like? <laughs> and, uh, but he's giving this example. He's saying, like, when you hear the word, the best way to remember it is to become a doer. And be, by being a doer of the word, of course, you receive the benefits. But so anytime, so, so here's, here's a way that we could say the doer of the word, that, uh, you know, say you have pain in your body. And that pain's been there for a long time. And somebody might say, well, you know, you're older, and so just expect that pain. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. And, you know, and you decide to believe God, but then after, like, maybe a couple months, the pain is still there, and you can actually just then give up on it. But we've heard testimonies where people haven't given up. And they continue to believe, and they continue to stand. And guess what? When you do that, you don't forget now, I have pastor friends, and they used to believe very strongly in the healing message, but because they had a few times where they couldn't help people, they slowly thought, well, we can't do that. So they told me when somebody in their church was sick, they just sent them somewhere else. Somewhere else. Because, look, you know what it says? It's like you look in the mirror, and then you go away and you forget. Some of my pastor friends, they didn't stay with that. They didn't continue in that. And then they said, well, we can't help you. Go somewhere else. And they sent them to, some of them were sending them to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to healing school. And they said, go to healing school. And I thought, you know the same thing, even though you live in this state, in this city, you know the same thing they know in Tulsa. You could do it. But you, what, did you forget? You see what I'm saying? So it says, if you're a doer of the word, you won't forget the word. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we thank you. Jesus laid it out really simple. Here's, here's something simple. I'm going to ask the worship team to come uh, as we uh, prepare to close today. But Jesus laid it out this way. Look at this. He said, come to me, hear my word, do my word. Is it like, let's all, let's all say that together. Come to me, hear my word do my word. Praise God. Father, I thank you so much for everyone that's here today, Father, and I trust uh, what was shared today, Father, that we're, we, we're just looking at your word today, and we realize how holy it is, how profitable it is. Father, that we do not take for granted the fact that we can all have a Bible, the fact that we can have iPads and iPhones and Samsungs and every... And, and, and have a Bible on all these different instruments. We can get online and open up a browser and open up all different kinds of translations of your word with a couple clicks of, you know, uh, Father, we, we don't take that for granted, Father. We, we thank you for your word, Father God. We cherish your word. We honor your word today, Father God. Heavenly Father, in the event that somebody would be here today, and their story would be even like mine, that they may have been in church before, but they don't have a personal relationship with you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ. I especially pray for anyone in that category today, Father, that you uh, speak to their hearts by your Spirit right now and let them know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to lose. And the way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except 
by me except through me. Father, thank you for making that so clear to anyone that would be amongst us today that has not yet confessed Jesus as their Savior. Heavenly Father, I also thank you that you make it uh, clear and easy to understand that you said if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that people understand that today that are with us. Thank you, Lord. I just trust that the Lord is speaking to you uh, if you're in that category and it's really clear to you and easy to understand that Jesus died for you. He took your sin and he was raised again from the dead so you could be saved. We're going to pray as a family today and we're going to pray for you. But, but this prayer that we're going to say, it's important that you pray it with us. Uh, so this prayer, if you pray it from your heart and pray it along with us, you can have Jesus today. He can be your Savior today. So I'm going to invite the congregation, if you could close your eyes. And if so, we're going to pray it together. So if, if you're here and you think, well, I don't really want anyone to hear me pray, don't be concerned because we're all going to pray. You can pray it with your heart and you can pray it loudly with all of us. And Jesus Christ will come into your life today. So let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you came for me. You died for me. You took my sin. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. Jesus, you are welcome in my life. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Thank you that you love me enough to save me. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, it's important for you to know that your next step is really important. So now you are a Christian and you are saved and heaven is the place you'll end up. But you have a journey. You just started on a journey and your next step is really important. And so we have people here at our church that would love to help you with that next step. You may be with a friend. Your friend would want to help you with that next step. So here's what you do. Here's the step that you're going to take. You're going to tell someone. When we dismiss today, you're going to tell a friend or you're going to tell. And see, we have a ministry team that's going to be up here. And you can come up here and tell someone right when we dismiss they're going to be up here and, and available to pray for you come up here and say i just prayed today and i accepted jesus as my lord and i want to tell you i want to take that next step i want to let you know and so what should i do next and somebody will help you so you know the next thing to do let's all stand up today god is so good let's let's say this together I'm a receiver. <laughs> I receive the word. I honor the word. I, I, I honor the word of God with all of my heart. 
I believe the word. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. And I am a doer of God's word. Doers of God's word are blessed. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.